0: leadership
1: podcast we had a ministry model that was predicated on God's absence meaning if God doesn't show up we've got to make sure that this is still a great experience
0: Every spiritual leader wants to know that God is actually using them, but are we really connecting to God's agenda as we seek to minister to people? What up my friends? My name is Pastor Mark Carter, welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. Connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible, our mission is to bring you a weekly dose of Bible-centered leadership coaching that will foster greater confidence, improve your leadership instincts, and keep you leading from a heart that is connected to Jesus. Today we're talking again with Jamie Walmsley of The Chapel in Lake County, Illinois. We're talking about how to better partner with the Holy Spirit when interacting with the people He has sent us to encourage. Jamie is going to share with us a pattern for slowing down and listening before we presume we already know all we need to know when ministering to someone. And the pattern is this, presence, revelation, and breakthrough now just like you I need this kind of conversation more I think it might stretch some of us so do me a favor and keep an open mind about this even if it stretches some of your categories or maybe you just talk about these things with different language go ahead and open up your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to do a fresh equipping in you so he can have his way more through you Before we do that, let me encourage you to go get the show notes by subscribing at the website BibleLeadership.com. These can be super helpful for reflection and getting the lessons deeper in your spirit. And when you subscribe, you'll be able to download a free ebook I wrote entitled How to Attract Positive Change. Of course, sharing the podcast goes a long way toward helping other up-and-coming Christian leaders find it, so please don't miss an opportunity to be the pipeline someone else's blessing comes through. And make sure you stick around to the end because I also want to give you a tip on taking a stand in the face of a challenge to your leadership. And here's the second part of my interview with Pastor Jamie Walmsley, a better pattern for partnering with the Holy Spirit. You mentioned the model or, you know, that you all follow at the chapel, mm-hmm. the presence, revelation, breakthrough and how crucial that is to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit and really even to aim not necessarily at stadiums being filled, like that's not the expression of the right. kingdom coming. The kingdom is coming when it's coming in a life, and we're partnering with the Holy Spirit and seeking to do the ministry of Jesus in the context that we're in, not looking for the great things that the right. world would applaud,
1: right? So, so here's here's what we read in the Bible sometimes, Mark, and I think what comes into our imagination. We'll talk about these huge crowds that came to Jesus and how He healed all their sick, right? Right. And we imagine that Jesus pulled out his Harry Potter wand, waved it over the crowd, and all the sick were magically healed in one moment, right? Yeah. When in truth, what happened was Jesus went and and talked and prayed with and laid hands on individual after individual after individual after individual and did ministry by the thousands, but person by person. And that, that model has never really shifted. And we're we're called to share in the same kind of ministry
0: yeah. that
1: Jesus did. And here's here's the thing people will say, "Well, I'm I'm not Jesus. I can't open the eyes of the blind. I can't raise the dead and all that kind of thing." And I I would say, "Well, first off, um if you if you take Jesus seriously at all, right? In John 20:21, 20, I think it is, he says, uh, "Greater things than these will you do?" right? Yeah. And yeah. so, if you if you want to take Jesus to face value, he actually tells us we're actually going to do the same things that he did. And people say, "Well, that's That's crazy. I could never do that. Right. And so we have this, as you mentioned, we have this very simple model that we try and employ that for us is uh, indicative of how Jesus did ministry. And there are three key words, presence, revelation, and breakthrough. And the model is simply this, is you get into a conversation with somebody that you would quietly, maybe even to yourself, that you would invite the presence of God and that you would begin a dialogue with God as you're talking with this person or listening to this person and as a person is sharing with you a concern or a problem or something that they're dealing with, you're just simply saying, God, help me to see this the way that you see it. Would you come? Would you enter into this moment? Would you open my eyes and would you open my ears? Would you have me to help me to hear what you hear, see what you see? God, would you speak to me in this moment? And God, would you just, would you be present right here, right now with me? And lead this time. And as you listen to that person, you begin to look at them and watch, look at all the signals they're sending you, but also listen to the voice of God and allow God to either give you an impression or a word mm-hmm. or a sense of something that is either around what the person is sharing or maybe something that is deeper than the person is sharing, but some some sort of direction. You're looking for divine revelation Yeah, for, for the Holy Spirit to lead you in the moment and show you something, could be a demonic influence, could be a, a generational sin, could be a past hurt, could be a deeper area of brokenness, could be any of a thousand things, right? Yeah. But you allow the Spirit to lead you in that. And as you get a handle or a sense of what God wants to do in the moment, then you begin to simply push for breakthrough. Yeah, And you take the authority that Jesus has given to each and every believer. And if it is a dark demonic force, you simply bind it. And we we like to say the greater authority that you exercise, the softer and gentler your tone can be, and that you can shepherd people more effectively. And so we might simply say, uh, Jesus, I bind anxiety in your name, Jesus, and I I command it to go. I command this person to be freed from the spirit of anxiety that is influencing their life right now. It might be a disease, could be any of a hundred different things, but you take authority, as Jesus's delegated representative, and begin to push into that. And most prayer times take a natural course. Sometimes you see breakthrough in the moment. Other times it comes later. But you, you contend for that person as their friend and fight for them to see breakthrough uh, in that moment. You do that once. You do that twice. You do that a couple hundred times. And a lot of times you'll see good things happen. Sometimes you won't see much happen. Every once in a while, you're going to see something really unexplainable happen, yeah. right? And here's going to be this thought that, that comes across your mind when you see that. You're going to think, oh my gosh, that was like straight out of the Bible. And then here's the next thought that's going to cross your mind. Oh my gosh, I'm actually doing it. I'm actually doing the things that Jesus did. Stuff. How did that happen? It's just a matter of, of regularly engaging in the same things that Jesus did, and trusting God to do what he's gonna do. I love that, Jamie. And, and practicing, I think that's an
0: important word for people. I think you have to practice this. You know, it's so easy, and let me speak to my seminary friends for a second. I love seminary, I've gone to seminary, so value knowledge and education, and, and we have to learn. We have to learn how to rightly divide mm-hmm. the truth of God, all that's really important. I do think sometimes in seminary, it's underemphasized the need in ministry to go beyond your own toolbox. So in seminary, you get a toolbox. It's like, and and the, the danger is you get into ministry and you're like, well, what do I have here that might be able to help with this situation? And we're underdeveloping what does the Holy Ghost have here that he wants to use in this situation? We need to expand ourselves. Yes, that learning is really important, but there's just a partnership that the New Testament demonstrates. And I don't think we always get it right. I mean, I, certainly there's been times, you know, you pray and it's like, doggone, well, I don't, I don't think anything happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's probably humility lessons in that. There's probably just lessons of, yeah, baby, Jesus is the only one that always gets it right. But it doesn't matter because we're, we're called, we're commanded to operate in the kingdom. And I still have to go and pray for the Spirit's counsel. I still need have to go and cast out demons. And it's, it really is humble to believe God. Some people say, well, I don't know if I should say that because that sounds arrogant. Well, if you're arrogant, it's going to be arrogant. But if you're just meekly saying, Jesus is not lying to me. If he says he's given me authority, he really has. Um, and, and I can attest to Jamie. I've just been in different environments. You know, I was with a, a gal that was definitely demonically being influenced to a dramatic degree. I didn't have to yell at her. I didn't have to get really loud. All I had to do was I started talking to the demon and commanding the demon and instantly. She became obedient, um, and that's just because why? It's because the representative authority. It's not. It's it's nothing about the the super Christian. It's just about this is what Jesus called us to do, man. Jamie, so so tell me about how is it different now? I mean, like on the other end of this, you've gone through this entire experience. You've been walking in kingdom things for a while. How has that impacted you, your walk with God, and how has that impacted your church? Because you guys are at probably a very different level than you were in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. But,
1: you know, do you have the same exhaustion? Do you have the same discouragement? Like, what's what's going on with that? No, it's it's actually, it's funny. Once, once you take hold of the life that God created you for, obviously, it's not perfect. Obviously, you have bad days. I mean, life is still life. Reality is still reality. But there is something that is life-giving about walking in the flow of who God created you to be and doing the things that God created you to do. And so it... It actually doesn't suck life out of you. It it gives life to you, and so it's it's a very different reality. I think at a church level, and you know, I'm I'm just gonna have a moment of transparency. I think I think no church would want to ever acknowledge this. I don't think we would have acknowledged this ten years ago, but I'm just gonna say it because it, it's kind of true. Do it. We had a ministry model that was predicated on God's absence, meaning if God doesn't show up. We've got to make sure that this is still a great experience. Mm. We've got to have killer worship. The message has gotta rock. Our our student ministries have gotta be awesome. Our kids' ministry has gotta be off the chain. Everything has gotta hit because this we've gotta convince people that this is awesome. Yeah. Right, and that this is worth giving their life for. Yeah. And that this this can can change them from the inside and out. And so there's this enormous pressure to hit on all cylinders, right? We've now genuinely shifted to a ministry predicated on God's presence, meaning, God, we are going to choose to believe that you're going to show up. I'll kind of unpack this a little bit if that's okay. Yeah. We had this moment with about 40 of our staff where we did a journey for a couple of years, but we had this, this time where we had everybody sure how they came to faith, right? There was one guy who was a biology student. He said, I just held up my hand. And I started to wiggle my fingers. And it made me cognizant of how amazing the body was. And he said, I just just felt God's presence flood me. And I just knew that he was real. Like I just knew that he had created us because the body's too amazing to have come about otherwise. And we had somebody else that talked about being embroiled in depression for years. And they had this moment where where they they went through a process of, of giving their life to God. And two days later, they noticed this depression that had characterized their life every day, that had been like a heavy cloak around them for a decade, was just gone. And it, it had never come back. And there, there were all these moments where the reality of God was just manifest in a powerful way. And it became so real that that person gave their life to God. But nobody, not a single person said, "You know, I did this uh six week dVD Bible study, and um <laughs> I just became convinced that the Christian path was the right way and we, here's here's what the conclusion we came to that a thousand hours of incredibly high quality ministry programming is not nearly." is impactful is a single moment with God. We have now said, "Hey, there's nothing wrong with quality ministry programming." But the point of that is to create environments where people can encounter God because if they can just encounter God for a moment, that will change everything. Yeah, and so our entire ministry model is now it's actually predicated on the same presence revelation breakthrough. It is about inviting the presence of God and asking God to reveal himself to people and to help them break through whatever is going on in their lives, so that they'll surrender to Him.
0: All right, my friends. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can get that free eBook, "How to Attract Positive Change," by subscribing at Bible Leadership. Com. Now, if this has been helpful to you, do me a favor and join us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, and don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. And consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Bible Leadership. Okay, here's your final leadership tip. There are times when it's really important that a leader acts and doesn't ignore things. In 2 Samuel, we read that King David's kids are getting to all kinds of trouble. Amnon has raped Tamar, and David is angry, but he's not doing anything about it. Now, here's David's opportunity to act and punish Amnon. When he doesn't, Absalom deduces that his father is weak and that if he won't stand up and bring justice, then maybe a stronger leader should. I really believe this is where the seeds of rebellion were really sown into Absalom because he wanted his dad to be righteous. He wanted his dad to do the right thing, and his dad didn't, so Absalom steps in and kills Amnon. He's kept from seeing his father for five years. He gets a form of a punishment. But in his estimation, he was doing what was right when his father couldn't. Here's the lesson. Failure to act and do right will cause rebels to desire to overthrow the current leadership. There has to be, sometimes, we want to be gracious, but occasionally we need to flex some muscle a little bit. There has to be a display of strength. David should have punished Amnon. He should have punished Absalom. He should have said to Absalom, hey man, you were right to want justice against your brother, but you can't just kill people. Here's your punishment, and then you're going to be restored. My friends, we need to make sure that we, in the moment of truth, we rise to the occasion and we decisively act, we bring the right consequences so that we can partner with the up and coming strong ones and not create an exasperation in them. All right, my friends, keep leading strong today. I'll
1: see you next time.